0: Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Light It Up podcast. My name is Jade for those of you that are new. Today I had the privilege of talking to one of my friends, Emily Collard. She's actually a missionary and she's about to go overseas, get this, for 11 months to 11 different countries so today we got to touch on that and what she's going to be doing overseas and a little bit about doing mission work but we also talked about identity and standing in our identity and what that means and how that can really affect us in our life so i really hope you enjoy today's episode and find it helpful let's bring it on hey um, welcome to the podcast hi guys and Thanks to Jade for having me. It's
1: an honor and blessing to be a part of this. So for those who don't know me, I'm Em. I live in Melbourne, Australia, and I know Jade through youth. So she's one of my, she's a part of my connect group at youth, which is cool.
0: Yes, Emily's a cool leader. So one of the things that you have done in the past is done mission work. So we're going to talk a lot about that today because you're about to go on a mission trip, but... Do you want to start by sharing what you've done in the past, like what trips you've done and anything like that?
1: Yes. So Missions has been on my heart for a while. Um, Ever since I was 11, I have wanted to just go to different cultures and just see people in different cultures. I've only been overseas twice at the moment. Um, I've been to Mozambique and South Africa, which are both within the sub-Saharan part of Africa and I was there and lived there for just over a month and served in one of Heidi Baker's orphanages and did a lot of evangelism and just outreach with her and her team, which was really cool. And then uh, the other time I went overseas was to America, which was training for what I'm about to do for next year. But I've done a lot of local mission work in Australia through um, different kinds of youth work um, or helping with the homeless or just other different types of ways that local missions is actually just within our local community as well.
0: That is so cool. I didn't actually know that you did help in like Australia and everything. On the topic of what you're about to do, because you mentioned you went to the US from training, you're about to do the world race which is 11 countries in 11 months overseas. Do you want to share more about what you're doing over there and why you're actually doing it? So
1: I'm doing a mission program which is called The World Race and it's, an, it's part of an organisation based in the US. Um, but basically it means that I'll be going to 11 different countries in 11 months overseas to do mission work. So I'll be going to mainly Southeast Asia Nepal, India, and Southern Africa, all for 11 months. And I'll be traveling with a team of about 30 people. And I'll also have a leadership team as well who will be traveling on and off the field with us. But we'll be doing ministry work um, quite varied. Mainly for the first six months, it will be a lot of evangelism and outreach. It could be anything from teaching English to working in the red light district in Thailand to preaching across different church plants in India to orphanage and slum ministry. Um, But then when we hit Southern Africa, it will be all about helping to encourage and motivate the church to continue to keep planting churches in their communities and just coming alongside them on their walk with God.
0: Everything that you're going to do is like so amazing and so awesome. What are you most excited about for the world race?
1: Okay, the thing that I'm most excited for um, for the world race and just the trip that I'll be taking next year. Um, one would be community. So initially that is like living in constant community with the father, the son and the Holy spirit. And then that's living in community with the people who I'll be traveling with. Cause that's, we'll be living within what I would define as kingdom family. Um, And then just community with the people who we'll be with in different countries and just learning from them and how their culture works. And then, yeah, just living in a way that community thrives and that the kingdom of God is really expressed. So that's one of the main things that I'm really excited for, um, especially because community and discipleship is really on my heart. Another thing that I'm excited for, and I would be lying if I didn't say this, (laughs) would be... I'm excited to go to 11 different countries. It will be tough due to language barriers and changing cultures literally every month. But just seeing the world from a different perspective and seeing how God's already moving in those cultures and just coming alongside and partnering with people who do already live there, um, for me is really an exciting thing that I get to be a part of. Also the way that I'm gonna grow. like just personally as well and just the way that God's going to fully move in and through me.
0: Wow. You're going to come back like a completely different person, like seeing so many countries and stuff. And I feel like for me, one of my favourite things about doing a mission and not that I've done one but I hope to do some in the future would be just being with community and being with people because that's my heart but at the same time that's one of like the hardest things in my opinion because it just makes me so emotional. And like even when I go away and like talk to non-Christians and go to different churches and meet different people, my heart is just like, ugh. Like I love it so much, but it's really heavy. And one thing I said to you was like, I just want you to know what you're gonna do is so amazing and so awesome and you're gonna have so much fun and I'm always there for you, but at the same time I recognize that it's not easy at all, Mm. spiritually and emotionally and everything. And I think sometimes people can look at missions as, oh, they're going overseas, they're sharing the gospel, woohoo, they're going to have fun, which, of course, it's such an incredible, awesome thing. And God asks us to do that. And it's so awesome that you're taking your time to do that and you have the heart to do it. But at the same time, I don't think in any way it's easy at all. So do you want to go into a little bit, some struggles that you've had and, like, The spiritual side of doing missions well initially the first
1: thing that always comes up against people when they even consider doing missions is the financial cost because everything is based on money in society um but yeah that's the first thing that comes up so even when i went to africa for the first time the thing ringing in my head was can i even afford to go like financially i don't even have a job right now so I had to lay everything down to God. And I remember journaling in my journal one night. That's just the way that I communicate with God. And I remember journaling, God, Africa's on my heart, and if it's your will, you have to provide a way. If you re- if You want me to go to Mozambique and South Africa to do this, I need you to provide up for me through provision and financial Um just like, yeah, just provide provision for me financially. And I kid you not the next day I got a call from someone that I got a job and immediately I said to the Holy Spirit, okay, you've given me a job. I don't leave for Africa for another six or so months, but you have given me a job. And so that is my yes to go to do missions in Africa. For a month, So that's the first thing that I think is a big sacrifice. Um, but then the second thing, when you're on the mission field, as Jade was saying, you do come up against a lot of spiritual barriers, not only physical ones like language and different culture, um, you're eating different foods, but you do come up against spiritual barriers because there's still a spiritual realm everywhere you go. And so the first time that I was in Africa, I was having – like really bad dreams every night but I knew that it was trying, it was the enemy trying to distract me from the call and the passion that God had put on my life to serve like the youth and the kids in Africa at that time and the enemy was trying to come in and plant seeds of distraction and seeds of doubt but at the same time I had to re-remind myself of where my foundation was and I had to choose not to partner with fear in that moment and I had to choose to partner with Life and light from the Father, knowing
0: that this is where He wanted me to be. Wow. I feel like with money, it is, of course, a hard thing and trying to raise money and stuff, but if God wants it to happen, it will. Someone recently told me that if it's God's will, it's His bill.
1: So if it's His will, He's going (laughs) to show up financially for you. And I thought that was a really cool saying. Yeah. It rhymes as well, which is also cool. But it's so true, like if it's God's will, he will always provide up and fulfil the need or the
0: lack that you financially need to do
1: something to advance and propel the kingdom.
0: Absolutely, because it's not like it's everything is God's money if we give it all to God and it's that's not just with missions, like with so many things, whatever it is, buying a house, mm-hmm. even going on a holiday. There have been so many times in my life and also I know in the Confidence podcast with Emma Pierce. She had these really cool stories of going overseas with like zero dollars and all of that and it's like if that's what God wants to happen and you're feeling that so clearly and he's making that clear to you, then he is going to find a way to provide and, yeah, that takes faith and, yes, that can be hard, but that's also something that you just have to remember is don't let money stop you from following your calling. Mm. As with the spiritual side, I think that's a harder thing because it's not – okay, God can just, like, give me the money. It's something that can continue every single day. Mm. And I guess, as you said, like, you you were aware, which is a really great thing, you were aware that that was the enemy trying to distract you and everything and you wouldn't let that, but it's so important to have such a solid foundation on God and be focused on him the whole time. Mm. And I encourage people, if they are going through spiritual stuff, which we are basically guaranteed to as Christians, is to just stay really strong in the word and continue to read the Bible and continue to pray and connect with God and keep your eyes on him and don't be distracted by the things of the world and Mm. if you're having bad dreams, bad thoughts, all these things are coming your way, just be filled with peace and just have faith in God, whether it's a mission or whatever it is. Mm. So good. (laughs) On the topic of missions, do you want to share some encounters or testimonies or like any way you've seen God move overseas or? even in Australia?
1: Yeah, I would love to. (laughs) Um, So reflecting on my time in Africa. So I was in Africa at the beginning of 2018. That's when I went over there. Um, And one of the things that we did, we did a lot of different types of outreach and we could pick what we wanted to do each day, individually and as a group. And one of the things that I felt so strongly to do was to do hospital ministry. So we went down to the biggest, one of the biggest hospitals in one of the cities of Mozambique. And we went into like different wards that meant like different things. So one of the wards that we went into on my first time doing this was the ward where people had internal injuries or they had just had um, like internal injuries as well as like amputations as well. And we, so the way that hospital like a ministry or outreach kind of worked. We'd go into roughly six to eight rooms within this specific ward and each room was filled up between eight to ten beds. And we'd go in, we'd introduce ourselves, and then we'd go to each person individually and we'd ask if they wanted specific prep. And so we did that and people were really – people in Africa um, – and in different cultures, they're really open to prayer because that's something that they like rely on and they just see, they just have a faith for that to happen. And so one of the rooms that I went into, it was probably halfway through doing this outreach. Um, and from memory, it was the third or fourth room. And it was a room that was visually really impactful. We walked in and we could see like tubes coming out of people because a lot of it was all internal injuries. And we walked in, we introduced ourselves. I initially prayed for this one lady and then people started to leave to go to the next room. But I felt really convicted by the Holy Spirit that I needed to stay in this room and to just pray over this woman who was opposite this woman who i just prayed over. So she was opposite on the other side of the room. So I went over to her and in Mozambique, they speak Portuguese. So one my translator had left me. So I didn't understand what she was saying, but I could just tell from her facial expression and just her body language that something was wrong. And she was just crying out. It looked like she was crying out for help. And she had tears running down her face. So I just grabbed her hand. I sat beside her bed or kneeled beside her bed and just held her hand. And I just started praying over her. I was just praying for peace for her family. Just supernatural like health and like shalom to just come over her whatever was wrong with her that it would leave in Jesus name and throughout me praying I just I felt Holy Spirit give me the words to just prophesy over her and for the life of me cannot remember what I prophesied over her (laughs) because it was such a supernatural and divine moment but um yeah just went into prophesying over her but as I was doing that her tears started to stop and her breathing became normal um, because she was like hyperventilating and so that was cool and as I stopped prophesying over her and mind you she probably wouldn't be she didn't understand what I was saying to her because all she could speak was Portuguese and not English but I stopped prophesying over her she directly looked me in the eyes and you know when someone looks you in the eyes for like the longer amount of time and you're <laughs> yeah. like, okay, this is a little awkward. But she like looked me in the eyes for probably a solid like two minutes. And it was through that, that I just like, I knew that she was trying to say like, thank you. And she was like holding my hand really tight and I don't know like rubbing my hand as if to say like, thank you so much for doing this. And I wondered to myself, I was like, I wonder if she could actually hear what I was saying to her or if Holy Spirit had like translated what was said in that prophetic word because the whole entire atmosphere around her changed and her whole entire body language changed. So that was a really cool testimony that happened
0: when I was in Africa. That is such a cool encounter and that must have been so encouraging to you as well. Mm. Yeah, it was really encouraging
1: Um, especially because you're in a culture that's so unfamiliar. And it was like the one thing that is constant throughout each culture or that is always constant, whether people know it or not, is that God is always there no matter where you are. He's always with you and he is always speaking to you.
0: So that was really cool to just bear witness to. Yeah, and to see it come through and change someone's life because – We, you know, if you prophesy a lot or you do a lot of missions or you preach or whatever, whatever you're doing is awesome and it is changing people, but sometimes you don't see that straight away and it's just planting a seed or it's just watering a seed and just making small impacts. So when you can see someone be transformed, right in front of you, whether it's being healed or becoming Christian or like the Holy Spirit, like hitting them, whatever it is. It's such a good reminder that like, whoa, I need to continue this. God is actually flowing through me and it's just nice sometimes to just see that come through. And to anyone listening to this who is like, I kind of want to do a mission, what is your advice to them or what do you think they should know? My initial advice would be, To
1: not give up on your dreams or the visions or prophetic words that people have spoken over you because they hold power. And God's a creative God, so He's He will continue to plant dreams within you. But don't give up on them if things look too hard. Keep persevering through them to see the dreams come to pass because it says, as an example in James chapter one, that even though we go through like different trials or testings, it's only through perseverance that our character will be developed and so reflecting that back onto dreams like even if we come up against different things that try to hinder us from reaching our dreams it's through the endurance through those times that we ourselves are inwardly transformed and our character is developed in a greater way that will for us be able to continue to hold fast and just hold a character to see the fruitfulness of that dream come to pass
0: wow and i think that applies to everyone it's not just if you Mm. want to do missions whatever dream you have whatever hopes whatever prophetic words you've had over your life don't give up on them even when it seems hard Mm. and as we talked a little bit about before with the spiritual stuff if that is if god is on that so much there may be a lot of warfare and there may be a lot of struggle that comes with that, and that can, first off, take your eyes off God and distract you from your dreams and everything you're trying to achieve, but it can also cause you to give up hope. So as I'm saying, just, like, stick at it and just Mm. pray about it and trust that if that's what is supposed to happen, then God will make a way. Mm. Yeah.
1: The other thing that I would say um, on top of that is if you do specifically have, like, missions or helping people on your heart, Don't think you have to go overseas to do that. One thing that I have been like wrestling out or even just navigating through for the past maybe five, four to five years is that missions and ministry is life. And if it is life, like why aren't we living that out every day within our community Like we pass people all the time who don't know Jesus or we do in Australia anyway. So why aren't we living out of a mindset that we can can do missions every day?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In a recent episode, I talked about being bold in faith and I talked about this is every day. It doesn't have to look like the evangelist doesn't have to look like a famous preacher because we're all different and we all have different callings we all have different personalities we all live different lifestyles so get out of the mindset that it has to be in a particular way preaching on the streets or going overseas it's supposed to be every single day even if it's just holding a door open for someone or walking up to them and giving them some encouragement helping them carry their groceries that is what we're supposed to be doing that is what we're called to be doing so as em said don't always look at it as oh, I need to save up $5,000 so I can do this, start putting that into play every single day. Mm. And actually that's such a good reminder for me in terms of doing missions because there's that whole thing of, I have to go to Africa or whatever but it's like wait no there are places in Australia that I can go to do missions as well and I've always had such a heart for Australia a lot more than I have for other countries and I'm not saying you should be focusing on your own country and not going anywhere else we're supposed to go out to everywhere and go to the nations but everyone has a different heart everyone has a different calling so whatever your heart is if you can start doing that in your own country yes so good so for you You've had missions on your heart for how long? Since I was about 11. Well, yeah. So you've had it for a long time and you've probably like dreamed and been like, okay, I want to do this, I want to do this. But sometimes, well, one thing that can happen is that doesn't come true or doesn't come true As soon as you thought, as we talked about before, it can take a while. And that's why you shouldn't give up. The other thing that can happen is you receive so much praise for it. And yeah, it is like such an awesome thing that you're doing. But if everyone in the church is like, "Whoa, this is our missionary. She's the most amazing person. You can get a bit consumed by that. Mm -hmm. And you can forget that this is what everyone is supposed to be doing. Everyone is supposed to be serving. So with that being said, how do you not let missions become the driving force for your identity or whatever you're doing in life consume you?
1: Mm -hmm. um for me I just need to remember that what I do isn't who I am and it reminds me (laughs) yes it reminds me of um my heart posture in things and it also reminds me of who I'm letting mark my heart and who I'm letting mark my identity if that makes sense
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so I could let missions mark my identity and it it definitely is a part of my heart and a part of like what God's placed on my heart, but I can't have it so firmly rooted in my identity that that is where I get praise and like off my performance, kind of similar to what you were saying before.
0: Do you think there's a difference between identity and calling? Because in society we can look at identity as what makes us up and that everyone's is different and your heart is different to everyone else's so there can be I feel like there can be a bit of confusion between I have a heart for mission does that make up my identity mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah the way that I
1: I guess view calling is that it comes in three different layers and yes your identity is flourished through that but initially your identity is rooted and grounded in the fact that as humans, we were literally created to be loved by God. Like that's one of the reasons why we were born, I believe that we were born to be loved by God. And our identity is rooted in Him because part of our like greater calling or like part of our purpose of life is to know that we are loved by Him. And our identity in my opinion Like, love is such a core of our identity. But when you look over at calling, so many people can look at calling through a performance lens. I look at my identity through my relationship with God and there's no real performance in that because we're not called to strive to perform for God because he loves us anyway. And so that's where the whole relationship and intimacy with Jesus comes in. But when you look at calling – a lot of times people can get caught up in the fact that you know we're called to do this so we have to perform in that way so for missions for example like i'm called to do missions oh that means i need to always serve others It means i always need to help others yes that's good but if your identity and your worth and your value is being based off that if it's being based off your performance i think like that's where you need to draw the line because your identity is rooted in the love and the value and worth that you get from Jesus and God. And your calling shouldn't define your identity.
0: The Father should. Absolutely. Whoa. Well, the thing I love about talking to people on this podcast is I get all, like, these downloads and, like, all these light bulb moments. I mean, maybe that's why God told me to call it Light It Up. Amen. <laughs> But it's like, I I couldn't agree more, but at the same time, I've never thought of it like that. But that also brings me back to my whole episode on where does your worth come from? And I will in the future do things like purpose versus passion and all of that, because it can be a little bit confusing. Same thing goes with like calling and identity. What's the difference? But as Em said, once it turns into a performance, once it turns into what makes you happy and makes you feel worthy that's where it becomes unhealthy and that's why it's so important to be planted in God and to always read the word and to always allow him to renew your mind.
1: Yeah, that was really good, everything that Jade said. Yeah, so when I look at identity and calling, um, it, it again comes back to the question that I raised before, which was what am I letting mark my heart and what am I letting mark myself? Because I need to be marked by my identity in God rather than my calling.
0: Mm-hmm. And also people. It's not, yeah. sometimes it can be obvious, oh, don't let your calling like affect you. But actually everything in life, money, people, whatever mm-hmm. it is that's making you feel worthy, whatever it is oh. that's making you feel like you deserve to be loved by people, so that's unhealthy that's and you need to be planted in God. And I keep repeating myself. But like, this is the message that I need to get across because so many people forget this or don't live in the freedom of who they were made to be.
1: I love that. I love what you just said about that. And it reminds me of Romans 12 verses one to two in the Passion Translation. It says, friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in his holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes
0: yeah that is so spot on to what we're talking about and i'm pretty sure i shared the niv version of that in the worth episode so literally we're like going all back to that
1: yeah that's really cool that there's so many like like your identity does affect like your confidence and your worth and absolutely your courage like we keep going <laughs> back to the same so thing it'll always be like a common thread like throughout like these podcasts but that's because it's so significant to how you live your life and it affects like every part of the way that you live your life. Yeah. But going back to that verse and what Jade was saying before about how it's not just your calling which can impact your identity, it's like people, it's culture, it's society. Going back to that and reflecting on the question, what are you actually letting mark you and your identity? So often we go through life Um, And we have school, we have family, we have friends, we have social media, we have a bunch of other different things, depending on what you do. And we can go into those situations with a facade or the way that I like to picture it is we go into those situations with the t-shirt that we need to have on to be accepted by those people. So for example, looking at school, we most of us wear school uniforms and so we have to present ourselves in a certain way and in that moment like that that is in quotation marks who you are like you're presenting yourself in that way in a way that is appropriate for schooling if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and it's the same when you are a part of like a sporting club you wear for example athletics or track you'll wear like a number on yourself or you'll wear a singlet top that represents that club. And in that moment that defines in quotation marks who you are. And so looking at all of those things, like so many different, there are so many influences of culture, which can effectively mark or impact your identity. But the t-shirt that we need to have on all the time is that it's a t-shirt of love of Jesus that we are being loved by God, but we're also going into those situations still with that T-shirt on. We don't take it off, knowing that we can bring our identity um, of being known to be loved and worthy and valued by the Father. We take that into those situations so other people can be impacted and
0: marked through that way. Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it because as a teenager, I see so many people acting differently depending on who they're around Hmm. and like at church they'll be all in like their shirts like yeah god is good when they're around christians or at youth and then at school they're like the total opposite and not being godly and swearing and like shoving and pushing people around and then like they're partying completely different t-shirt as well oh everyone look at me i can do this i can do that Woohoo! have a good time and i'm not saying we shouldn't have a good time but there's this whole thing of changing ourselves wherever we go and in my life I've really struggled with that not so much that I was a different person not so much that I was a good Christian at church and a bad Christian at school not like that but in the way that I tried to fit in with people at school because what had happened is I had been so hurt and so bullied and all of that that I realized the only way for me to be loved was to hang out with the cool kids And to know the latest gossip and wear the latest clothes. And I actually talked about this on an Instagram story recently. But deep in my heart, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't actually like hanging out with them that much. And yes, I did like share the Bible with them. And I was an example of light to them. And I did love on them. And I didn't like bully anyone or join in with any of the bad things they were doing that I didn't agree with. But still, I wasn't being 100% myself Mm -hmm. just so I could feel okay and that I had a place in school after I'd felt like I had no place and this is something that I have still struggled with for so long and I'm finally like starting to get there because all of my life there's been this thing of Jade's too outgoing and she's really weird and she's really unusual and she like all of that and in school that wasn't okay according to people. So Mm -hmm. over time, like at the time I'd be like, I don't really care what you think, but slowly that actually has affected me. And I've noticed, I don't feel myself a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. wherever I go, I'm like, okay, well, these people haven't met me yet. I need to be calm and like not talk too much or not do a weird dance move or whatever. And it's like, actually, I love the fact that I can find joy in the littlest of things in life. Mm and I love the sunset and I love doing a weird dance move and I laugh when I'm clumsy and I drop something. Mm -hmm. I don't swear and be angry at myself. I love that about me. So why would I change myself just for other people, just to be accepted by other people? And that's the whole worth identity thing. Do you find it in God or do you find it in the world? Do you find it in other people? Do you find it in being accepted? Do you find it in having lots of Instagram followers? So I will definitely go into this more in the future, especially for those of us that haven't grown up in a Christian family or you go to a public school, you've been bullied at work, (laughs) like literally whatever it is you've been church hurt, we can change ourselves to fit in. But actually, when we were three, we didn't really care what people thought. So it's that whole thing of relearning to be like a child and learning to be ourselves and who we were created to be because God loves every part of us. He made our personality like this for a reason. He has given me a heart for people so that I can go out there and transform people and change lives. And then I have the heart and I am extroverted enough to be comfortable talking to a stranger. He's made me like that intentionally. So why would I hate that about myself?
1: So good. And I've struggled with that throughout my teenage years and coming into my young adult life. Um, I've struggled with that in the past. And I know probably without a doubt that 99% of people would struggle with that too because they're always faced up against different atmospheres, different cultures. And when there's such a strong desire within our current society is that we need to fit in through what we do, people – like we've been talking about, people then mark themselves with like brands of clothes or like this is how much money I make or this is my grades at school. Like it's always about performance when realistically it needs to be about our relationship with God and like where our worth and identity is coming from. I did also have a Bible verse that I wanted to share.
0: Yes, want (laughs) to (laughs) hear. No, you cannot share Bible verses.
1: (laughs) So again, from the Passion Translation in the Bible, in Romans chapter eight, verse fifteen, it talks about how we are actually we have actually received um, a spirit of full acceptance in our kingdom family, and I'll read out the verse to you. So it says, "And you did not receive." The spirit of comparison or the spirit of performance leading us back into the fear of never being good enough. And so, reflecting on that, it's about like we didn't actually receive something within us to compare ourselves against other people through like the whole performance, like culture, brand kind of thing we've been talking about. But we have received, it continues, we have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding in us into the family of God. And we will never feel orphaned as he rises up within us and our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And for me, that scripture really just encapsulates how we're not meant to compare ourselves to the culture. We're not meant to try to fit in, with the way that the world and our society is currently doing things. But where we need to deeply know within ourselves that our identity is, as we've been talking about, it's rooted in the fact that we are enfolded in the family of God and that through that we inherit full freedom, glory, treasures, our value, um, where our worth comes from and where our value comes from.
0: That's so true and like a little bit of a reality check. But no matter who you are, no matter what you try and fit in with, you're never going to be loved by everyone. There's always going to be people who dislike you, even if you try and be like Kim Kardashian or Justin Bieber or whichever celebrity it is that you want to be like, whichever cool kid in your school it is, whatever cousin it is. There are going to be people in the world that dislike you, so don't let the thought of people disliking you stopping you from being who you're going to be because no matter what, people are going to dislike you. Sorry, but it's true. Yeah, you might have more people who dislike you if you're a Christian and you live how you were created to be, but we have been given the spirit of full acceptance and at the end of the day, who really cares what people on the earth think of us? Like seriously, we're only on earth for what, like max 100 years if you're lucky? (laughs) Truth, truth. (laughs) So let's use this as an opportunity to connect to God and be a light in the world. Yeah, like when... Because we're only here on Earth for
1: such a temporary time before we reach heaven.
0: You sound way more professional than I just did.
1: (laughs) We need to view it as an invitation for us to just delve deeper and to wrestle out what our true value and identity is and where it's found and how it can be restored if it may be broken. So after everything that we've kind of journeyed through and talked about, I wanted to give an encouragement and almost like an
0: activation. Yes, we love those. It's not an activation, it's you have to do this now. No. <laughs> <laughs> do it when you have time. But um, just an encouragement
1: for each and every one of you who are listening, like to write down what uh, what is currently marking you, whether that's like school, friendships, Instagram, social media. My encouragement for you would be to, just to write down those things that are currently marking your life and then put an arrow next to those things and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you should be letting mark who you are. And I guarantee 10 10 times out of 10, it will be based on your actual identity in the Father. Then after you've done that, just ask yourself, now moving forward what are you going to let mark you are you going to continue to let let yourself be marked by the things you've written down on the left hand side of your page are you gonna actually step into the fullness of your identity and to actually let yourself be marked by what Jesus has given
0: you that's such a good idea so I also really encourage you to do that and even if you're like well my worth is in God, all of that, just still just sit down and write it out and just really ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to help you. Because once you do find your worth in God, you are a completely different person. And one big point I wanna make is if you look at your page and like all of these things are negative influences in my life, do not be ashamed. Hmm. Shame is not at all from God. It's from the enemy and there is a huge difference in conviction versus shame. So it's awesome that you know this now because now you can change and now you can start to find your worth in God. But don't be ashamed of yourself because that's the past, but instead see this as an opportunity to walk forward in the truth.
1: So good. Also, just a side note about shame as well. If you do feel ashamed, know that God never intended shame to fit into your story. Yes. When it, and it's not from God. And it's not from God either. Yes, so true. When it, God created humans back in the Garden of Eden, back in Genesis, when he created Adam, he breathed life into him. God physically breathed his life into him. And if shame isn't a part of God, just as Jade just said, there's no shame that had been breathed into you when you were created. Shame only came after the fall, and that was because of the enemy. So know that shame is just another thing that's trying to negatively influence you, and it's trying to hinder you from stepping into the fullness of truth and the fullness of your identity.
0: Yes, because what shame does is it makes you regret your past, it makes you feel unworthy of God's love, and therefore it stops you from going forward and being free.
1: So true, and I've definitely had to learn that in my life. And I've definitely walked through moments in my life where I felt shame, but I've then had to step into the truth and into the fullness of my identity and who I was created to be in God. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, wow. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I've
1: loved being a part of the podcast and loved hanging out with you today.
0: Same, but in all seriousness, I really think this would be a helpful episode for people. And As I said at the very start of this podcast, it's never to come on here and just preach and be like, I know it all. Because we don't know it all. We're on a journey. So what's so beautiful about this and this podcast is that I have the opportunity to share with people. And when I have guests, like anne has been able to share today. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to stay up to date with Anne, she has an Instagram.
1: So my Instagram
0: is emily.collard. Yes, you guys should follow her. She actually posts really cool photos and I will leave it below in the episode notes. As always, make sure you go check it out. Just copy and paste it into Instagram. She also has a blog. So if you want to stay up to date with like the mission stuff and the world race and all the amazing things she's doing next year, you can. How do we am? My blog link is emilycollard.theworldrace.org. I'll leave it below as well. And what is your blog about? Like what can people expect from it? So,
1: my blog is really just a platform where I can share what the Holy Spirit's been teaching me about before I leave for next year, as well as next year. It's a way to stay connected to people who do want to follow along my journey. I'll be posting about what I'll be doing in each country, who I'll be meeting, um, the highs and the lows of missions, as we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. Um, As well as I'll probably be posting photos and just telling stories of people through photos. And the way that I'll be doing that is I hope to bring us back to humanizing those who culture has dehumanized.
0: Yes, guys, Em's blog is so awesome. I really encourage you to go and subscribe, especially if you enjoyed today's episode. There'll be heaps more of that on the blog, as well as being able to stay up to date with the mission. So if that is something you're interested in, I really encourage you to subscribe. Anyway, Em, thank you so much for coming on today. Bye. 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 There we go, everyone. How awesome was that? Wow. We talk a lot about identity on this podcast and standing in that, but I think it was really awesome to hear from another person and get someone else's journey and perspective on it. I think that the whole idea of looking at it like a different T-shirt and what T-shirt do we wear every day? What do we put on? How do we act around other people? Let's always wear the same one. Let's always wear Jesus. And let's learn not to change wherever we go Also, for anyone interested in doing mission work, I'm sure what Emily shared about that and her stories and her advice on that is helpful for you and you enjoyed listening and hearing about someone else's journey. Again, big thank you to Emily for coming on, guys. Seriously, go subscribe to her blog. Go follow her on Instagram. She's going to be posting and updating us with really awesome stuff that you don't want to miss. While you're at it, you can also follow me on Instagram and light it up on Instagram if you want to. Everything will be below. Anyway, thank you so, so much for listening. Don't forget, if you want advice, if you have a situation, if you have a topic request, any of that, I want to hear from you. You can always email at at gmail.com. That is jayde.lightituppodcast at gmail.com. Or send me a DM on Instagram and I'll talk to you in next week's episode. Bye, everyone.